News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samviru. And welcome back. It is uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock, and we are ready to go. If you are the number already open, already set to go, it is a live call in show 613 521 Talk. 613 521 Talk. You have questions about uh, employment, employment law, COVID 19, going back to work, temporary layoffs. It doesn't matter. We tackle them all. Uh, 613-521-TALK. You can start calling in right now. We'll get to your uh, get to your calls and your questions. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email address to use. We'll try to get to some of those. And the topic for today is, is my employer allowed to do this? Well, we'll answer some of the more common questions in that regard. John, I see you standing on the line. We'll get to you in just a moment. But, uh, Lior, week that was is how we always kick off every show. Brother, how are you? John, I am doing very well, excited to be here and, and yep. ready and anxious to answer as many questions as possible. So if you have questions about employment law, now is the time to call. I, I've been, I don't think I've ever been as busy and my team has never been uh, busier answering questions uh, as we are now. So if you want to know about your workplace rights, if your boss did something to you, if your job has changed because of COVID-19 or otherwise, or maybe you've lost your job and you want to know, can that happen and what your rights are? Well, now's the time to call and ask questions, or if you don't want to do that, if you want to connect with me off-air, by all means, we'll give you that contact information so we can have a private discussion. But take advantage of us being here right now and ask your questions. Help yourself help others that are listening to the show as well so that they can know what to do if they're ever in that situation. But week there was, let me tell you about some situations that came across my desk. I spoke with a lady who was a single mom, and now that schools are off, she was, uh, she, her two kids were obviously off school. She could not find daycare for them. The younger children, uh, any summer camps that she had lined up are obviously canceled. Uh, and she wanted to know what, what do I do here? Because she wanted to work from home. She wanted to work from home and she had been able to work from home in the past. She, her job is the type of job she's in front of a computer. She's able to do the job remotely. So she asked her employer to, to work with her to allow her to work remotely so that she can get paid and still be there for her children. Her employer said, well, no, we can't let you work remotely, but no problem. We're not going to penalize you. You can take a, an unpaid leave of absence until you're able to come back to work. Your job is still going to be here. So she wanted to know, well, does her employer have to allow her to work from home? So our regular listeners know that there's such a thing called accommodation based mm-hmm. on family status. What that means is that if, you're a, if you have a, a family obligation, in this case, a, a parental obligation, and you can really only meet that through accommodation by your employer, then the employer should and has to provide that accommodation. In this case, they could accommodate her by allowing her to work from home. She's done it before. Uh, she's able to do it given her type of job. She's not you know, in a manufacturing facility. She's not in customer service. She's able to do the job. And the fact that her employer refused to allow her to do that and said, well, no, you can only be off work unpaid, that actually is a human rights violation. It's illegal. They had to accommodate her. So I'm going to get involved on her behalf and remind her employer that there is this duty to accommodate. And if you are ever in that situation, if you need some accommodation because of childcare obligations, maybe it's to work from home, maybe it's time off, maybe it's some flexibility with respect to hours, your employer may be legally required to do that. So if you ever want to talk about that, if you're ever in that situation, feel free to reach out so we can discuss it and figure out exactly what your rights are. 
That number is mentioned to get a hold of Lior and the team when we're not doing the show, one 821 5900 You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Fantastic website, tons of information there. But in the here and now, it is 613-521-TALK. John, let's get to your call. I know you've been hanging on for a couple minutes even before we got on air. How are uh, how are you doing tonight? Good, good. How are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Okay, uh, first uh, issue, like I have two issues. Second one is major one. First one is, uh, am I, uh, is the employer allowed to force me to take my vacation? And second one, I, I've been with the company for three years, and every year they do a review. They just knock me down, and when they, they generalize with, the, with their uh, like a, a wrong assessment, it's all wise. And when I come up with the fact and data that I did very good job, they ignore even the HR uh like a general director, she ignored my response to to their assessment. They don't give me any response. Uh, are they allowed to do that? Like, I feel they're out to get me. They're singling me out. So for, let's answer both questions. So the first question okay. with respect to vacation, unfortunately, the answer is yes. Your employer can tell you when to take your vacation. That's not going to make you happy, but your employer is allowed to do that. Now, with respect to your second issue, what you have to do, and it sounds like you may have already been doing this, you have to respond in writing. Regardless of what the company does, you have to put your position in writing as to why you disagree with the performance assessment, uh, what the facts are, what they didn't consider, and you have to put that in writing. Email works perfectly fine, and, and here's why. Because oftentimes what a bad performance is, it's a step towards letting you go for cause. And if you simply say nothing, you're considered to have accepted it, and you're going to make it easier for the company to let you go. So I want you to put it in writing why you disagree. You don't have to be aggressive about it. You don't even have to be confrontational about it. You can simply put it in writing. And even if you don't get a response from the company, that's okay. By doing that, okay, you're, you're preserving your rights. You're, you're, you're making it much harder for the company to let you go. Now, I'll say one last comment. If you do really believe that they're being completely off base, that they're uh, singly, uh, signaling you out, uh, that they're picking on you, that they're treating you badly, you may be able to treat this situation as a constructive dismissal. You may be able to say, well, now this is a poisoned work environment. I, I can't take it. I don't have to take it. So I'm, I'm going to leave with severance. If you think the situation has gotten that bad, John, let's you and I talk off air. Uh, but no matter what, if you're not going to do that for now, simply send an email with your comments, with your concerns, and tell them exactly what happened. No, I always send the uh, send the response, but I never hear from them. That's like, fine. It, they do all lies, and I give them all the facts, but they don't respond to the fact, the the, the truth that I give them. Mm-hmm. But that's and okay. But they, just by sending it, even if they don't respond to the truth, just by sending it, you're preserving your rights. So very important to do that, even if they don't respond. But as well, like they start ganging other uh, other employee against me too. But it's all false accusation. So, John, if you want to treat this as a constructive dismissal, if you kind of had enough and you want out of there, let me know. I can help you do that. Uh, but let, before you uh, certainly say anything to them about that, we should talk off air. John, appreciate the call. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to take a wee break and get right back into the, the meat of the show as well. You want to call the or do so, man. Write it down, one eight five five. 821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here now to ask your questions just like John did. That's how simple it is. 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.
Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. 718, welcome back. We are live, and you are uh, more than welcome to bring on your calls and ask some questions. 613-521-TALK. It's always better when we get you on the air. 613-521-TALK and uh, ready for you. In the meantime, as we continue on here, is my employer allowed to do this? I know, uh, Lior, you put this list together, and you've whittled it down to about maybe a dozen. There's like 300 you could have put on here. So I want to answer some of the more common questions you get, not once in a while, but you feel these questions every single day, right? Yeah. M- most of the time when I feel the question, whether it's a phone call or an email, it yeah. starts with the the words, hey, Lior, can my employer do dot, dot, dot? So right. that's usually what people want to know. Is their employer allowed to do certain things? You know, there's a situation they're facing and Individuals want to know, is that right, is that legal, and, and what their rights are. So what I've picked is a few common questions that I get that start with, can my employer do this, and hopefully answer them and give people some guidance. In the meantime, feel free to call in if any of these pique your interest or your own question. We're, uh, we're ready to go with that as well, 613-521-TALK. And uh, we'll continue here. Can my employer bring back from a layoff employees that are junior to myself? That that is one that I've been getting tons, uh, you know, in the n- n- last number of weeks. Uh, as people go back to work from uh, COVID nineteen layoffs, totally. yep. some people go back and or, or not come, call back, and they find out. Wait a second, there's other people that are are getting back to work before me. So the the answer is this: uh, an employer does not have to follow seniority when calling employees back from a layoff. So an employer is allowed to, to decide who the employer is going to call back, if it's going to be this employee or that employee, and does not have to go based on seniority. Now, that's not fair. You, you should be called back to work if you're more senior over a junior employee, but that's not a legal requirement. Now, that's very different, of course, in a union environment. But, and, and here's the big one, keep in mind that the layoff itself to begin with, in most cases, was in fact illegal. So we're talking about really an illegal thing to begin with because for most people, the employer does not have the legal right to put you on a temporary layoff. If they do, you can treat that as a termination. So you can do that as soon as it happens. You can wait and see what happens. You can do that if other people are called before you. But if you choose to accept the layoff, if you say, no, no, I'm not pursuing this as a termination, no matter what, I'm staying here. Well, then in that situation, your employer does not actually have to follow seniority lines when calling employees back to work. And that is one that's going to be, uh, you know, opening the floodgates over the next few months with the, uh, you know, the uh, the stages being opened up, more people going back to work, coming off a temporary layoff that they've been put on for about two or three months. Now, if they do go back and continue work, does that, even in this situation, give the employee or employer license to do it again? And then they can't claim wrongful dismissal, even in COVID times, as we call them? Yeah. So, so here's what happens. So I told you that, you know, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, mm-hmm. the temporary layoff is something your employer is not allowed to do. You, you can treat that as a termination. But if you choose not to, if you go back to work when you're called back to work, that not only, of course, did you give up the, the ability to treat that as a termination, but you've given the company the right to do it again. Yeah. And that's the problem. So two months later, six months, six years later, if they lay you off again temporarily, at that point, you're stuck. You have no choice at that point but to accept it and, and wait at home until they call you back. So that's something to consider. I, I, I'm just giving the facts here, but one of the considerations, one of the reasons many people have chosen 
to treat a temporary layoff as a termination is they did not want to open the floodgates. They did not want to create a situation where now they're back to work, then they're off, then they're back, then they're off, because that's not a good way to work and earn a living. So definitely something to keep in mind. Again, 613-521-TALK. If you're interested, any of these have you scratched in your head or you have your own questions, bring them on, 613-521-TALK. We are, of course, uh, live here this evening at, at 722. Can my employer change my hours of work, or my job for that matter, when I return from a temporary layoff? So changes, you know, probably, yeah. uh, you know, we, we call this the, the COVID age. I call this the changes age because yeah. when – one of the most common things I've been seeing multiple times a day, every single day, are people call back to work to a different job or different hours, to, to different employment terms than what they had before. So you may be called back, well, now, but now you're going to be back on part-time hours, or you used to work days, now we're going to have you work nights, or you used to work weekdays, now we're going to have you work weekends. Different job or different compensation. And the question always becomes, can my employer do this? When they bring me back, do they have to bring me back to the same job, or do they have to, or do they have the right to change my job? So the answer is yes, your employer has to bring you back to the same job. If they don't, despite what I said, if they say, well, no, no, we're only going to bring you back part-time, half, half wages or whatever it is, then you have that same option to treat that as a termination. We call that constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal happens when your employer changes the terms of your employment, and that applies when you get called back to work from a layoff. So if you, call, you get called back, then yeah, you can say, if I'm not going back to my old job, my old pay, my old hours... I have a right to treat that as a termination and leave with my full severance. Keep in mind, as I said before, if you don't do that, if you accept this change, so, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back part-time to, to be that good soldier, that's fine. But now, because you're back part-time, that can become the new norm for you. Now you may be a part-time employee forever, yeah. and your employer may never increase your pay, and it gets worse. By going back and allowing the company to reduce you to part-time, for example, you may give them the right to make other changes in the future. So you really want to consider that because your employer does not have the unilateral right to change the terms of your employment. It is 724, the phone number 613-521-TALK. We welcome your calls. You make the show that much richer every Tuesday when you call in. In that regard, I want to get over to Tracy, who's been waiting a minute or two. Tracy, thank you for, uh, for taking the time tonight. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. What's uh, what's your concern? Well, I uh, during this horrible you know epidemic that we're going mm-hmm. through, I decided to take on a job. So being unemployed, uh, being a sanitary you know frontline worker, and I agreed with a contract with a cleaning company for seventeen dollars an hour for eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. Um, a month ago. Uh, just last month, they reduced our hours by two hours um, a day, uh, just overnight. They just told us, look, you, you're now working from uh, 10 to 6. You're going from 12 to 6. And then again, just last night, now they want us to do the same job for $3 less an hour. That, but yet the contract goes till August. Are they I allowed see. to do that? No, they're not allowed to do that. Uh, in fact, as I was just saying before, that obviously is a significant change. If you're going from you know seventeen dollars an hour to fourteen dollars an hour, that that is a, a real change. I don't know it's twenty percent or so uh, reduction. 
and, and you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. So when I say they're not allowed to do that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can physically stop them from doing it. What it means is you now have the right and the option to say, no, employer, you've breached this contract. So because of that, I'm going to treat that as a termination. And if your contract goes till August, they now have to pay you until August. You can potentially say tomorrow, uh, I'm out of here, you've breached the term, and then we can require the employer to pay you until the end of the contract based on your full wage rate. So okay. if that's what you decide you want to do, before you tell them you're out of there, before you you know you go slam the door and walk out, I want you to call me and let's talk off air, but that's the okay. option that you have. Okay, because, yeah, they seem to, they, you know, the, from what I've told is I agreed to it over an email contract, and they've been paying me. They've been paying me since March, so the money has exchanged, and now they're, uh, now they're just, you know, what, how they feel like it. They're just sending out emails saying, okay, now we're doing this, and this is what you have to abide by. Oh. Well, you, you, you don't. The problem is okay, this. You, you, there's already been some changes that have been implemented, I think, you, last month. So so that window for you of pursuing this and, and treating these changes as a constructive dismissal, that window is closing. So okay. if you're going to do something about it, obviously you don't have to. But if you're, you are, I, I want you to call me before the end of the week. You really can't sit on that. Okay. If you do, you're going to walk away from your entitlements. If you want okay. to pursue this as a constructive dismissal, they'd have to pay it till the end of the contract. Happy to help you, but you can't sit on your rights. Okay, that would be great. Awesome. Yeah, because I, I think that's horrible because I've done contract work before. And I didn't think that they could change it halfway through. You know, they cannot. Okay, awesome. Yeah. That's great to know because, you know, I, I, I was kind of risking my life, you know, trying to help others. Yep. And here yeah. we are, you know, sort of... Oh, you know, now go away because things are, you know, changing with the economy. Tracy, uh, good call and wise call tonight. Thank you so much for making it. Going to let you go. And here is the number to reach out to Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Yeah, don't sit on it, 1-855-821-5900, or simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. Julie, you're up next. We're going to take a short break, get into your call. Lots more to go. Can my employer do this, dot, dot, dot? A bunch more of those to get through as well. And if we have time, we'll get to some of your emails. This is the Employment Law Show. It's on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. Hey, welcome back. It is 7.34 on your Tuesday evening. Yes, 613-521-TALK is the number. And in between the calls, we'll get to more of our Is My Employer Allowed to Do This? Some common questions Lior gets every day on the phone when he's talking to uh, people, potential clients and listeners as well. But first, we'll get to uh, to Julie, who's been standing by for a couple minutes here. Hi, Julie. Thank you for uh, for holding on. Appreciate that. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? Great. What's uh, What's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm actually calling um, about my husband. Um, he was laid off um, temporarily due to COVID. Um, he's he's an automotive painter, and um, he was temporarily laid off. They didn't pay out his his vacation. Um, they didn't pay out his severance, obviously. Um, he has been off for 16 weeks now, 
And the so the his employer has three shops, and he's slowly returning some of the employees. But I'm worried because he's on week 16. So how long does a temporary layoff last? Well, the the, the question you're asking assumes that a temporary layoff is legal. It's not in the sense that he can treat that as a termination at any time. Uh, it, 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 he can treat that as a termination on day one or today or tomorrow, meaning he can require his employer to pay him severance if he decides not to. If he decides to accept the layoff, then the, the, term, the, the layoff would last till six weeks after the state of emergency uh, ends. So I believe the Ontario government extended the state of emergency till the end of the month uh, today, so six weeks will be at some point in, in September. So, uh, but, but that's only if he chooses to accept it. If he says, I want out of here with my severance, he can do that right now. If that's what he wants to do, have him give me a call and I can certainly help him do that. So really it's his decision. Does he wait and see what happens? Obviously that's his right. Or does he treat this as a termination and get severance now? Does it matter, Lior? Like, I listen to you faithfully. Um, and when this all started, we drafted a letter and provided it to his employer saying that it wouldn't, because he, he's, he, he's flat rate, but he has a guarantee. And the guys that have gone back to work already are, have lost their guarantees. And that's where I'm concerned. If, if they do call him to go back, he's going to lose his guarantee. So that, like, if he goes back, then he's accepting that, right? If they call him back without the guarantee and he goes back on that basis, then he's accepted that and that becomes his new reality. Absolutely. So he can choose to treat this as a termination now or he can choose to wait and see. And if, you know, in six weeks, whatever it is, they call him back without a guarantee, then he could choose to treat that as a termination at that point. Uh, so he has that option. But despite the fact that what the employer is doing is not allowed, the, the cho- the, there's no way, as I said before, to stop them. The choice is either to accept or to treat it as a constructive dismissal. Right. So, um, sorry, one more question for you. Sure. Um, it, so he has been um, in the industry for over 30 years. His prior employer he was with for 28 years. Um, this employer he's been with for three years. So at a severance, like, would he be looking at, at like, what type of severance would he be looking at? Uh, how old is your husband? He's going to be 50 this year. So he'd be looking at right around four to five months of pay. Okay, so it's based on his three years with the current employer. Not Unfortunately, the, the years of the previous companies don't count unless, of course, there was a sale of a business and he's really worked for the same employer. But if it's a brand new employer, then he's four to five months is what severance for him would look like. Even if they went after him, they approached him. Yeah, if he was gainfully employed uh, and they came after him and he was, wasn't looking to leave and they, they recruited him away, then he may be owed enhanced severance that accounts at least for some of his time with the previous employer and that could have a, a significant impact on his severance. So perhaps the best advice I can give you right now is for him to make an informed decision, he needs to have all the facts and all the information. Maybe the, it's best that, that he connect with me off air. Let's talk about that. Let's figure out exactly what severance he's owed so that he can make an informed decision. Julie, appreciate the call. I'm going to give you that number and uh, yeah, reach out for sure. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now you want to call through. you got lots of time. It's uh, 739. It is 613-521-TALK. Moving on to Phil. Phil, thank you for standing by as well. How are, uh, how are things going for you tonight? Oh, pretty good, thanks. Beautiful. What's, uh, what's on your mind? 
So uh, with all the stuff going on with the masks and the hot debate, uh, I was wondering, it seems to follow that uh, COVID, COVID vaccine may come along. And if it does, will employers have the right to mandate that their employees get it? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So assuming the government decides not to mandate it and they say, well, we're not going to make people, uh, an employer can usually mandate it in, in workplaces that are particularly sensitive, such as you know hospital and, and you know, where you're dealing with sick people and we're dealing with children. In those types of workplaces where, where you're dealing with vulnerable individuals, yes, an employer, if it chooses to mandate, they could. In regular workplaces, when, when there's nothing unique about it, it would probably be too far. It would be a potentially a human rights violation, and they probably wouldn't be able to do that. But it, it does depend on the workplace. That an employer is going to have a lot more leeway where it's dealing with a workplace where if someone is sick, it could be disastrous. Uh, does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right, Phil, thank you. I uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, no worries. You want to reach out further, have a further discussion, that is an option for you, one 821 5900 You can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a wealth of information on there. It is free. It is anonymous, but there is a contact uh, button at the top of that, uh, top right of the website if you want to check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But still tons of time for your calls. You know the number, 613-521-TALK. In the meantime, is my employer allowed to do this? Some of the more common questions you get, Lior, and this one kind of goes back to uh, John, our caller, right off the top of the show in some ways. says, can my employer put me on a performance improvement plan? So that's that's always something that I get asked, uh, you know, very often, and, and usually in situations where people fear that the performance improvement plan is not fair. So can you be put on a performance improvement plan? Yes, but the performance improvement plan has to be legitimate, and there has to be a good legitimate reason for it. So you cannot be put on a performance improvement plan if it's completely, uh, you know, false, if it's arbitrary, if it's not backed up by good information or, or, or good facts. Your employer can't say that you're, you're doing a bad job, so we're putting you on a performance improvement plan unless they can show that that's actually what's what's happening. Uh, if if your performance is fine, if it's in line with everyone else then a performance improvement plan really is picking on you and it's not legitimate, then no, it's not something an employer can do. So it comes down to, is it legitimate? Uh, now, probably my, my best advice, because you don't really want to get into a huge fight with your employer if you're on a performance improvement plan. Uh, so best advice, as I was saying to our caller John earlier, if you are put on a performance improvement plan or you, you, you'll get a negative review or negative uh, discipline. If you don't agree with it, say so. Put that in writing. Make sure your employer understands why you don't agree with the performance improvement plan. Why you think there's facts and information that they didn't consider. Uh, you know, here's the information you need to know, employer. Here's what happened. You said that I did this. Well, no, I didn't. Here's what actually happened. Put that in writing. Now, that may not mean that you're off the performance improvement plan. But what it does mean is you're going to make it that much harder for the company to contemplate letting you go for cause. And really, that's what this is about. Oftentimes, when you put on a performance improvement plan, that's one step before the company tries to let you go for cause. Remember, it's very, very difficult to terminate for cause. And a way to make it more difficult is to put in writing why you disagree with a performance improvement plan that's not legitimate. This one stings. I know when people uh, phone in and ask uh, when your uh, when your work says, "Can my employer pay me less than other employees? Sometimes equal employees, right?" 
Yeah, and, and some, certainly something that if you find out that someone else is doing the same job and they're getting paid more, I mean, I, I, I'd be furious, you'd be furious. It's not something that, hmm. uh, that we, we'd like to hear. But the reality is that, yeah, generally an employer can choose to pay people differently as long as the employer is not doing it for discriminatory reasons. So an employer absolutely cannot decide to pay uh, men more than women. That's illegal. An employer cannot choose to pay uh, younger people more than older people or, or based on their ethnicity. All that is illegal. It's a human rights violation, completely and utterly unacceptable. But if the employer simply says, well, you know, I, I you know, Bob was a better negotiator than Joe, so I'm going to pay right. Bob more. Or, you know, when I hired Bob, I really was in need for people, so I'm going to pay, pay the person more. That's not going to make you happy, but that is legal. It's not illegal mm -hmm. to do that. Now, what I always advise someone, if you do find out that your employer is paying someone else more than you, even though you're doing the same job, is have a nice professional discussion with your employer. Tell your employer, listen, I've been here for a while. I, I do a good job, uh, good performance. You know, I understand that's, that others are getting paid more than me. I'd like to be paid fairly. Can you please help me out and, and pay me the same as others? A good employer is going to work with you to, to figure out a solution, to pay you what's fair. Uh, and if you approach it that way, there's no downside to doing that. So that's always my recommendation. But unless it's discrimination, an employer can decide to pay people differently. The number to call through, 613-521-TALK. Susie, we're going to get to you right after a short break. Let's take that and get right back into the meat of the show again. 613-521-TALK. That is the number you wanted to use to call through. Loving all the phone calls. Bring them on. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is 748 here on a Tuesday night. Yeah, the number to call through. Talk to Lior about your employment law question. 613-521-TALK. Moving right over to Susie. Susie, thank you for standing by and good evening. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. I have you a bet. question. I have a question on my um son is a third-year electrician apprentice. He was working uh, for about 12 months, doing it really well, no uh, issues whatsoever. Um, his supervisor, the electrician, um, noticed a newspaper article that had been written about uh, my son's, well, my husband, who's quadriplegic, uh, and um, it was about a fundraiser and uh, PPE for him. Uh, and the supervisor, the electrician, sent out a text. It was obviously misdirected, but he sent it to Andy's, uh, my son's, uh, uh, cell phone and referred uh, to uh, make fun of sort of the father being quadruplicate, referred to him as a handicapped and said, just like his handicapped son. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. He then went, um, Andy went to uh, the owner of the company to say, I'm not looking to make a complaint, but this is hurtful and not right. Uh, you know, could you address it, uh, you know, so that uh, it doesn't happen again because he's quite hurt by it uh, because he's helped look after his father for 21 years. And um, the, uh, the electrician happens to be a guy with a bit of a drinking problem and has been ridiculing Andy in the, you know, the kitchen room sort of thing at breaks with other employees have told Andy that. But anyway, the uh, the owner ended up um, laying off 
Andy saying, I only have one electrician, but but uh, apprentices are like a dime a dozen, so I have to let you go. Fired him. Now, is there a union? No, there's no union. Okay. So, so what you described is an, an obvious and completely improper human rights violation. It's completely and totally improper to to refer to someone in the way that uh, that supervisor did, and it's frankly even more improper to then effectively punish the, the victim. So, right. so your your son not only, of course, is he entitled to severance. There's also a human rights damages he's entitled to, and I can promise you this can resolve quickly because what they did is so bad that that we would have significant significant leverage over them because really they don't have clean hands at all so i i would if your son wants to do something about it he needs to give me a call i i, I would hate to allow this employer to get away with this it's wrong it's something i feel very strongly about so have him give me a call let's let's connect let me help him get something out of this let me help them uh stand up for his rights don't, don't let him just walk away from it well we'd love for that to happen because we've been reaching out and uh we're having a lot of trouble finding um, a lawyer that could do it, uh, you know, hopefully on a contingency basis, because right now he's out of employment and he's 32. Uh, and he's been trying to find somebody to take the case on. So that would be great. Well, there you go. So I want you to, to have him reach out to me this week. Let, let's let's sit down and have that discussion uh, and I'll help him. And what number Again. could... I'm going to give it to you right now, Susie. I'm going to give it to you right now. And, uh, you know, kudos for you to, to, for calling in. It was, it was wonderfully timed. Here is the number that you, uh, you want to use, Susie. 1-855-821-5900. Give it to you again. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the website. And that is the email, rather. You can simply go to employmentlawyer.ca for the website. But that is the reason why we do this show. A simple minute and a half phone call. And things are going to do a complete 180 for uh, for Susie and her family for sure. You uh, you still got time. We got a few minutes to go here. Six one three five two one talk is the number. Going to move down the line to Tony, who's been uh, been hanging on. Tony, good evening. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Excellent. What's on your mind? Okay, quick question for Leo. Uh, Leo, I actually had two, but I'll follow the second one up by calling your eight five five number. Uh, given the the effect of COVID nineteen on employment, and by extension more constructive dismissal situations. Would you or can the Ontario Bar Association seek relief from the province to remove the current time restrictions and provide employees more time in order to file and pursue constructive dismissal rather than the arbitrary two-year time limit that exists? That's actually already happened. So the, uh, the province has suspended the limitation periods. So if you had a case that expired, you know, since COVID started, where the two years would have expired, that limitation period has been suspended right now. So even if your case expired in April the 1st, now we're in July, you can still pursue that case. Okay, so uh, I've, I, I don't know how, for how long they're going to continue this. Uh, I expect that probably at the end of summer, uh, maybe early fall, that they're going to reinstate the limitation period. But right now, there's a freeze on limitation period. So uh, that, that's already been done. Okay, in that case, I will definitely be calling you on your other line uh, to follow up on part two. Perfect. 
Great. Thank Thanks, Tony. Yep. Thank you very much. And I uh, appreciate your time as well. Again, I know you have it because you already, you already gave me half of it back, but just in case, one eight five five yeah 821 5900 is the number help at employmentlawyer.ca. Can my employer, are they allowed to do this? Let's go to a couple more of these in while we continue on to the, uh, the end of the hour. This one sounds kind of obvious. Can my employer make me come back to work contrary to my doctor's opinion? You would be surprised how many times I get asked this question. I have a doctor's note. Doctor says I can't work. Employer says, too bad. I need you to work. You got to come in. Uh, No, no, no. An employer cannot do that. If your doctor says you cannot work, if your doctor gives you a note that says you cannot work, then your employer cannot argue with it, question it, uh, mandate that you come back to work despite it. None of that can happen. Your doctor is the only one that can decide if you're medically able to work. Your employer cannot do anything about it. So you can't decide, unfortunately, on your own whether you can work or not. You, you have to have your doctor say that, a medical doctor. Uh, and if you have that, that's all it is. And you can be off, by the way. There's really no limit. You, sometimes it's a few days, sometimes it's weeks, months, or even longer than that. Uh, and if that's what it takes and that's what the doctor says you need, then you're legally able to be off work. You're not let go. You haven't quit. You haven't abandoned your job. So if you ever have a medical situation, speak to your doctor. Your doctor is your friend. Your doctor is the, the, the ammunition that you need to protect yourself. Uh, and if your employer tries to do anything in that situation, it would be illegal in a number of ways. Uh, so always start with that doctor's note. And to expand on that a little bit, I know we've talked about this before, but some of the listeners may not realize this, that they, they can ask uh, prognosis, when are you coming back to work? But they cannot ask, you know, is it a hangnail or a pancreatic cancer? They, they, don't, they cannot ask diagnosis, correct? None of their right. business. Absolutely. Your employer does not have a right to ask and to know what the medical condition is. Uh, in fact, they don't have a right to ask you, uh, you know, what, what treatment you're getting, what medication you're taking, or, you know, what specialist you're seeing. All they're really allowed to know is can you work for medical reasons or can you not work for medical reasons? And they can also ask, you know, how long do you expect to be off work? And they can also ask what kind of accommodation you may need. But the actual medical condition that you have is not something that an employer is allowed because it's not relevant. What's relevant is are you able to work? That's it. Uh, there could be 101 medical reasons as to why you can't work. Which one of them applies to you? It's between you and your doctor, not something an employer should ask. Some more of the common questions Leor gets every day. Can my, and this one's kind of broad, can my employer let me go? You know, John, it is broad, but oftentimes I get questions that start exactly like that. I was let go. Can my employer do that? Can my employer let me go? And the answer almost always is yes. Your employer can let you go, but, and this is the big one, they have to pay severance. So generally speaking, an employer can let you go for any reason that's not discriminatory as long as they pay severance. Now, you you cannot be let go because of your age. That's discrimination. You cannot be let go because of your gender or your ethnicity or your disability. All that would be discrimination and illegal. But pretty much for any non-discrimination or non-discriminatory reason, you can be let go. An example may be you're let go because the company wants to hire someone else to pay them less money. Not nice, but legal. You may be let go because the company thinks that, you know, your performance is not great. Yeah, they can let you go. But severance has to be paid. When we hear this term wrongful dismissal, a wrongful dismissal simply is a situation where you're let go without severance or without appropriate severance. In fact, most people that are actually let go for legal reasons 
are actually wrongfully dismissed. They're not getting proper severance, over 90% of people. So if you've been let go, chances are the reason itself is legal. What makes it illegal is you're owed more severance. Don't believe me? Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and find out exactly how much severance you're owed. I want to get to this last one before we wrap here. we got about a minute, and this one's really important. Can my employer make me sign a new contract? Seeing all kinds of this as stage two and stage three come in, right? Absolutely. It's a very good one. Employers now calling back employees to work want you to sign a new contract. No, your employer cannot make you sign a new contract, and you don't want to. A new contract, really any employment contract, generally benefits the employer. It almost never benefits the employee. You don't want to change the terms of employment to sign a new agreement. You cannot be penalized for doing that. And in most cases, if you sign a new employment agreement, there are going to be terms in that document that are going to be very problematic and costly for you down the road. So no, you cannot be made to sign a new employment agreement and you shouldn't be doing it. And that's where we'll uh, we'll end it for tonight. Thank you so much for listening and all the uh, wonderful phone calls as well. You want to reach out now that we're going to wrap it up. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And always, always have it on hand, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, this is News Talk 580 CFRA.